Welcome back to the Badass Reset Club. I am your host, Heather Yancey, and I'm here today to share with you the highlights, the takeaways, and the things you need to know from the Forever Strong Summit. So I want to let you know that back in the fall, when Dr. Gabrielle Lyon released her book, Forever Strong, this was a book that really hit a chord with me. It was everything that I have been coaching plus so much more. And this book really teaches us how to protect and build our skeletal muscle mass, why that's so important, how to do it, teaches us about our hormones, teaches us about our protein intake, gives us great recipes. It's a really one-stop shop for longevity for our health, for the things that we should be doing on a regular basis. And I love this book so much. I recommended it to all my clients, to my friends, to my family, to my email list. I just couldn't get enough of talking about this. So when I saw that the summit was coming, I knew I had to sign up. I knew I had to be there and learn from those presenters in person. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Badass Reset Club, a special place where if you've lost your way, girl, we're here to help guide you back. Those club doors are opened up wide so we can discuss all things fitness, nutrition, body composition, hormones, menopause, beauty, headspace, and more. Hey there, my name's Heather. I'm a fitness expert, nutrition coach, autoimmune athlete, mom of three pretty cool kids, and married to one handsome firefighter. I started this club because after years of over-exercising, under-fueling, gaining weight, dealing with Hashimoto's disease, and experiencing hormones gone crazy, I knew there had to be a better way. So come on in, badass. Let's hit that reset together. The Forever Strong Summit took place in Austin, Texas in January, 2024. And just to give you some background on that, I am in the Seattle area and we were expecting a major snowstorm, which Seattle does not get often. We were expecting a major snowstorm. It was supposed to come the day I was supposed to leave for Austin. So I was trying to book other flights. I couldn't get out. It was just a mess. There was a mess with Boeing airplanes that same week. So it was a rough one. I did get to Austin okay. I made it and was thrilled to be there. Now I do have to laugh because I was expecting Austin to be warm, to be sunny, to be a nice reprieve in January. However, flights were canceled, leaving Austin too for an ice storm. So go figure. (laughs) Okay, so we are in this gorgeous hotel. We're in this cool ballroom. And I'm so excited for the speakers coming because I've listened to all of them. I've read their books. I've followed them, some of them for years. I just, I was really on fire, full of passion for that day. But when I got into the ballroom and I looked around and I realized I was in the presence of true greatness, scientists, surgeons, doctors, different people who have done remarkable things in the health and wellness space. Like how cool to just be in that group 
and to meet new people who are so like-minded and fired up too. Our first presenter of the day was Ben Newman. He's a performance coach, a speaker, and author, and he's also a client of Dr. Lyons. So he was introducing Dr. Lyon, and he kind of gave us the background on, you know, the impression that she had on him when she first met him. She said to him something so profound. She said, I want to give you your mental freedom. And if I step back as a coach and I think about the people that I work with, yes, I want them to feel better. I want them to perform better. I want them to look good. I want them to feel confident. But I've never really stopped and thought about helping somebody to have mental freedom. Like that is powerful and it's profound. Ben Newman went on to say that Forever Strong is not a book, it's a movement, a community, and it's changing the landscape. And so he brought Dr. Lyon up. She let everybody know that she had the privilege of taking care of those who are changing the world and that we're really at the beginning of something that can change the narrative. So she was starting to build the picture. And I loved this one. She talked a lot about the arena. And so all of us in this space are in the arena. We want to do what's best for us and for our clients and for our family and friends. But we have a lot of people on that outside of the arena, the naysayers or the people who are just not practicing good health habits or the people who simply don't know how to take care of themselves. And it's our job in that arena to bring those people in, to take off the blindfolds and to bring them in with us. She then went on to tell us three things. Number one, she wanted us to pick one of our weaknesses to focus on. And this is something that we need to do throughout the year. So pick one thing that's a weakness for us. And for me, that was easy. I say yes to too many things. I think I can do more than time allows me to in a day. And so I set myself up for failure by having a massive list. And if I get half of that list done, which is pretty damn impressive, I don't feel like I've done enough. And I constantly feel like time is running out. And that's possibly because I'm a number seven on the Enneagram, but I honestly struggle with that. And that is a weakness. So how can I fix that weakness? What can I work on this year? Well, for sure, not putting so much on the damn list, but also really getting clear with what I can accomplish. Okay, second thing that she told us, she wanted us to pick one person in our life who we are going to help, who we are going to commit to for the year and focus in on them, focus in so they can make changes to get healthier. A little bit of a struggle there because I've got two and I can't decide which one it's going to be. And so maybe, maybe I should do both. The third thing is to pick something that we're absolutely going to master this year. And I think that's a really cool resolution type thing that we should have. What's one thing you're absolutely going to master instead of having a resolution? For me, that's easy. I am going to master the speaking arena. It's always been something that I've wanted to do and to leave the smaller public talks and to put myself out there and get really uncomfortable with the bigger ones. And hey, TED Talk, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. 
Dr. Lyon delivered the science. She talked about the inner game, which is our standards, our neutrality, our relationships, and our personal mastery. And then we move to the outer game, which is skeletal muscle, protein timing, training. We talked about the fact that we agree on health, right? Like everybody agrees that health is good. Nobody's going to say it's dumb or it's not necessary. We can all agree that it's good. But what we disagree on so much, so much to the point that it's destroying our health is how we get there. So we've got stuff coming at us from television, from radio, from social media, um, from people that we work with, so many different aspects of how to do something so that it's healthy how much of something you should be eating, how many calories you should be eating, how much carbohydrate or no carbohydrates, you know, like we can get inundated. How much should we be training? How much should we be lifting? Should we do cardio? Should we not do cardio? Should we intermittent fast? Oh, it is maddening, right? So we are in disagreement from that. But what we really have to do is we have to question a lot more and believe a little less of the things that are being thrown at us all the time. I loved the fact that this weekend was brought from science, from research, from data. We're seeing what works for health. And what we have to do is we have to just implement and and look for ourselves. One of possibly the biggest phrases for Dr. Lyon that's the biggest, most well-known phrase of hers is that we don't have an obesity epidemic. We have a muscle crisis. That's an interesting thought. And I really enjoy like just stopping and thinking about that. We learned so much about our skeletal muscle, the fact that it's our largest organ system. And as we age, we have to work harder. We have to put in more effort. And we also have to adopt and adapt to new ways of eating and new ways of training to keep up with the vision that the future is going to be a certain way. And that is the way of our skeletal muscle mass. Like we have to just embrace that, yep, it's not going to be easy, but we need to chip away every day with these practices. So we know that our muscle mass is declining as we age. We know that it's hard to hold on to, but we also know that we can get stronger. And with exercise and diet, those are the two ways to stimulate the skeletal muscle. Super cool. We dove deep into a dietary protein slide. The things that improving our dietary protein every single day, the things that we can do for ourselves, we can improve our body composition, we can protect our skeletal muscle, we can target fat loss, we can increase our metabolic rate, we can enhance satiety, we can reverse metabolic syndrome, we can improve cognitive performance, we can decrease our TG and increase our HDL, that good cholesterol, we can lower postprandial insulin, we can lower blood pressure. And this is all when calories and carbs are controlled. So looking at a specific way of focusing on our nutrition can make these massive changes. 
So super cool. Don Lehman was pulled up to the stage. Don Lehman is Dr. Lyon's mentor. He's a professor emetrius at the University of Illinois. He's a leader in research about protein, nutrition, athletic performance, obesity, diabetes, and cardiovascular health. And a couple points that really stood out to me. Someone from the audience asked plant versus animal protein. And both Dr. Lyon and Don Lehman said, animal always wins. It has a better balance of amino acids. And Don wanted us to really think about protein as a matrix. And that when someone asked about the distribution, like when we're looking at this matrix and someone asked about the distribution, he really believes that it's an age thing and that we should distribute our protein intake as we age. So it's more important to break it up throughout the day. And that goes for, you know, 30 to 40 grams for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner with a high protein snack. But super cool. This was new to me for well-trained people. Timing isn't as important. And that those people can actually max out their protein intake four times a day to help with muscle protein synthesis. Oh, hey, badass, real quick. I hope that you are fired up about skeletal muscle mass and wanting to build that strength, but sometimes you don't really know where to start. I've got you covered. I have a free four-week strength training for menopause program. All you need to do is click on the link in the show notes or go to heatheryanceyfitness.com to grab it. It will have all the progressions that you need, video tutorials, and it'll get you on your way. Okay, back to the episode. One presenter that came up following Don and Dr. Lyon is Kristen Holmes. And I love Kristen Holmes. And I'm going to tell you why. She's just such a incredible role model for women because she's still an athlete. She's a former Princeton coach. She's a principal scientist at Whoop. She's very sciencey. <laughs> And not only that, she is just a beautiful athletic badass. And so whenever we have scientists who look like Kristen Holmes, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so WHOOP is the strap that measures all sorts of really important information, your readiness, your recovery, your HRV. It's similar to an aura ring or any other tracker that tracks those uh, statistics. Kristen was the first coach to use HRV in her coaching programs. That had me just stop and think like, holy cow, if we, when, when I was younger, if we had wearables with technology and data that we knew our readiness scores, especially young ladies that were cycling, like how much we had to give and, and when we needed to pull back, sport would be a whole different game. It really would. And not only that, but we would probably not see nearly the number of injuries and sport satisfaction, like just from a mental point of view. I really think that all of this information is going to change things going forward. Kristen spoke about the path to performance and a big competitive advantage is the recovery component. So that time away from the gym. What we do in our downtime is really how we determine how our muscles grow. 
She talked a lot about aligning circadian rhythms, talking about that with sleep and our downtime, how much that matters, and talking about having agency, having the feeling that we can control things. And when we don't feel like we have control, how quickly our bodies unravel. You know, one of the takeaways from Kristen is her three most important psychological needs to have purpose, efficacy, and a control over our situation. I love this phrase. She said, you can only talk yourself into a better future for so long before your physiology takes over. (laughs) So Performance 101, she talked about high-functioning performance And that was based off of our HRV being able to measure the function of the heart. And that was originating in the autonomic nervous system. She talked about the branches of the autonomic nervous system and really our our way of optimally understanding that information to understanding if we were under-recovered, if our heart was under-recovered, how we were going to perform. and having a performing mindset versus an enduring mindset. So she spoke about coming up the pikes with playing collegiate. I think she played hockey. (laughs) I think that's what it was. She talked a lot about having an endurance, enduring mindset that you just pushed through all the pain where now we can really see more of a performance thriving mindset because we understand that those mismatches, those maladaptations of things that happen and break down when our bodies are not recovered, we don't have to be functioning that way. We don't have to work that way. So changing things into the performance mindset. Another big topic that she talked about was the sleep-wake onset and offset, and that people who have to deal with being on call, not, not being able to control this, That concerns me, being married to a firefighter who has zero control over when he will get woken up, when he can go to bed, when he gets up. It is definitely not in our favor to have those nights. One night of that can put us profoundly set back, but multiple nights of that a month really not good for us. I'm not sure what the answer is yet, but I know that as we find more and more data on this, we are going to have to make some changes, make some, you know, adaptations to all of these people who are shift workers for the sake of their health. So all of these things are called circadian alignments. One of those things that affects the circadian alignment. So when I'm talking about the alignment, I'm talking about sleep and muscle function, insulin sensitivity, your cardiovascular health, your cognitive capacity, your mental health. We know that light is one of the most pronounced cues. It has a profound effect on every single cell of our body. It can affect us mentally, physically, and behaviorally over our circadian rhythm. So that 24-hour cycle. What can help us to have a higher functioning circadian rhythm? Regulating our sleep-wake time. It's the mother of all behaviors. So going to bed and getting up at the consistent time. When you exercise and when you have your meals also plays a part. So there was a study that we talked about where people ate the bulk of their calories before 3 p.m., 
And for those people, they were more metabolically healthy. For the people who ate, and, and this like didn't matter what their macro nutrition was like, they were more metabolically healthy when they got the bulk of their calories in before 3 p.m. For those people who ate within three hours of going to bed, they saw a decrease in their sleep and their recovery. I think that's super interesting. So getting natural light also, first thing upon waking up, keeping that consistent bedtime, but getting natural light is really critical to our health. We haven't yet adapted to blue light. So when the sun goes down and we're on screens or we've got, you know, light coming from phones, we are messing with the signals in our brain. This study, and I've heard this one before, spoke about from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m., those people who had viewed artificial light were significantly affected the following day with their dopamine and their mood. And we know that there's been over 600 peer-reviewed papers on light and health. So here's, here's the takeaways. Within 20 minutes of waking, try to get outside. It's not the same to be sitting at a window looking outside. You want to get outside and get that natural light into your face. Now, where I live and what time I naturally get up, the sun currently is not coming up for almost three hours until after I wake up. So I'm using um, what I can use. I'm using red light therapy. But come spring, come summer, I will get back into this practice of 20 minutes after waking, getting outside, getting that light into your face. And guess what, you guys? Animals need it too. They've got circadian rhythms too. So think about the light, think about the timing of your meals, and think about when you exercise and going to bed and getting up at the same time. Okay, next speaker, we had Evie Pomporis. She is the author of Becoming Bulletproof, and she's a former Secret Service agent, and she's a legit badass. So she is Greek and talked a lot about ethos, which is a way of being, how you flow, and how you adapt. And here's a couple takeaways that I want to share because I'm, I'm nerding out as the comms major here. She talked all about communication. On average, people will hear about 49% of what you have to say. <laughs> so if you are a parent or if you are a leader in your organization, if you ever feel like people are not listening to what you have to say, they're not. <laughs> they, on average, hear about 49%, so less than half of what you have to say. 55% of communication is body language. So for those of you who stand there with your arms crossed, your hands in your pockets, or looking at your phone, 55% of communication is body language. People are watching you. Take your hands out of your pockets, open them up, open up your heart space so that people will listen to you, respect you, and trust what you have to say. 38% is the tone of your voice. And are you ready for this one? 7% are your spoken words. <laughs> wow. On average, 7% of your spoken words. That is ridiculous. We got to do better. We got to. <laughs> we have no attention spans anymore. Okay. 
Next up on stage, we had some gurus come up and talk about hormone health. And one of those gurus was Dr. Mary Claire Haver, um, well known for the Galveston diet, big Instagram following, puts out lots of incredible research. So the panel came up and uh, they were answering hormone related questions. There was a lot of sex hormones, you know, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. I was really thrilled to be able to pose a question. I got to get the mic and pose a question. So I asked my number one burning question, which I get, and that is, as a menopausal woman, what would your first line of attack be for fat loss? So truly, that is the number one thing that I am asked about that mother of frustrations, weight gain, and menopause. And so I asked, and all three on the panel said the same thing. Their number one plan of attack would be nutrition. And that nutrition really is the protein, prioritizing the protein, making sure that you're getting enough because in menopause, we need more protein. We're not absorbing the amounts of protein that we get. So we need more and more to hold on to our skeletal muscle mass for every other function as well. They did differ on what came next, what came second, third, fourth. Um, but the, the majority was strength training and resistance training would be second. And so like that just solidified that I absolutely love what I do to help people in that respect. Okay, next up on stage, we had Don Saladino and Molly Galbraith. Don is a badass superhero trainer. He is the trainer to Ryan Reynolds and all sorts of celebrities, um, Hollywood celebrity that need to get ready for a movie or for some event. I love that Don says that he likes to get metabolism to improve and, and live that way every day. And that he believes we should always be two weeks out, like sustain that kind of health to be two weeks out from a photo shoot, which is huge. We know he's he is speaking um, and walking the talk. Molly Galbraith is the coach from Girls Gone Strong. She's got an incredible following. She's done so much for women uh, with her programs. She's got prenatal, postnatal. She has menopause. She has just a variety of, of different courses that she offers to teach other coaches how to work with women. And plus, she's just a she's an incredible role model of strength. So both of them talked about sleep deprivation and the decreases with muscle protein synthesis. When you have multiple nights of sleep deprivation, we you have to make sure that you're training to support that. And Molly did mention that if you're alive, it's never too late to start. She did talk a lot about pelvic floor health and females with back pain, which is something that I am really honing in on at present. Uh, two weeks from now, I am bringing Kim Vopney onto the Badass Reset Club to talk about pelvic floor health, to talk specifically about changes in menopause. But we're going to address those things like back pain, which are so common. So watch for that one. 
We did have other speakers come up. They spoke about wealth. They spoke about hard times. It was a long event of really incredible speakers. But for the sake of this podcast, I want to tie it up with the last things that Dr. Lyon shared with us. So we know that this this loss of muscle mass that just happens over time, it can lead to things like rises in our cortisol levels, insulin, stress hormones, and blood sugar levels. And that these issues can occur quietly. And sometimes we don't get that significant gain in weight. So it's really important that we start to measure these markers of our internal health. So if you are not currently working with a physician to have these baselines of looking at all of your systems, I think it's time to consider doing that. I think it's really important that we understand what's happening with our internal health, and then we can grow from there. One of the things that she left us with was that skeletal muscle is our only currency that cannot be bought or sold. It's got to be earned. So again, it's work. Skeletal muscle is the pinnacle to our longevity. Did you know that it was just in 2016 that sarcopenia got a code to be defined as a disease? Sarcopenia, this is the decrease in our muscle mass and our strength and function. It was just 2016 that this got coded as a disease. Like, that seems ridiculous to me. And this is another reason that I'm on a massive mission to help women to really age like a badass so that they learn and maintain to build their muscle mass. Like, yes, we want to hold on to it, but we want to learn the skills to grow it as well. And then I want to leave you with this. If you are not somebody who is currently focused on building that muscle mass, if maybe strength training is just, eh, you don't love it, it's it's not your thing, I want you to consider these six reasons why I want all women to start building. And I'm talking from early 20s all the way through 80s. Like we need to be working on this. Number one, it builds more skeletal muscle. Number two, we can improve our pelvic floor health. Number three, we can build better bone density. Number four, we can have lower injury rates. We can prevent the risks of injury and back pain. Number five, we can lower the risk of hypertension and improve cardiovascular health. And number six, we can lower the risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes. All of that can happen with strength training. And when we combine the strength training with our protein, with getting sleep, with getting proper recovery, with getting light into our eyes, with all of these things that we can control Oh my gosh, it's so badass. (laughs) And those are my takeaways that I wanted to share with you. I've been really excited about sharing this summit. What resonated with you? If something came up where you're like, oh yeah, I I didn't think about it that way, or yes, I want to start practicing that, please do share this with someone else because I would imagine that it would have impact on them as well. And again, if you don't have the book yet, go get it. 
If you would rather listen to it, listen on Audible, listen when you go for your walks or when you're driving in your car. If you've got any comments, please share. I really mean it that I want everybody to come into this arena. I want everyone to feel, look, perform their best. And of course, to age like a badass. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And I will see you next time on the Badass Reset Club. Well, there you have it. One step closer to feeling strong, confident, and inspired to take care of you again. And you know what's even more badass? Sharing this with a gal pal that might need a little fist pump in her life. If you got some inspo from this episode, I'd be honored if you took a screenshot for your social and tagged me at Coach Heather Yancey so I can send you a personal thank you. And please know that if you could take a minute to rate and review the show, it helps get this podcast to more people. And that's super badass. And finally, if you haven't joined the Badass Reset Club on Facebook, what are you waiting for? I'll see you over there and go get them.